Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. We are joined today by our very special guest, Sarah the Rebel. Woohoo! Yeah! We are talking about the last episode. This is the finale of season two, becoming part two. There it is, the chair drum struck again. <laughs> Let's head into the library. Wow. Guys, we have finished season two. Yeah. Now, there is one thing I want I'm to sorry. apologize for, but I'll save that for the end of the podcast. And there's one thing that I want to apologize for right now, which is that we totally skipped over the cram session. Mm -hmm. yeah. What if people didn't were studying for finals mm -hmm. and didn't even have a chance to check out what happened in the actual episode? So I feel like a complete jerk. Well, you are. Thank you. Uh, so, well, you know, <laughs> finals makes everybody do the wacky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how about uh, we're going to do a cram session, Chris, six sentences. The first sentence to summarize all of Becoming Part 1. Okay. <clears throat> Only the main parts that you need to. And then an actual cram session for Becoming Part 2. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. All right. Take Becoming Part 1 in one sentence. Angelus wants to end the world with a giant old stone demon named the Kothla and needs to figure out how to do that. So he goes and kidnaps Giles, and in the process, Kendra the Vampire Slayer gets killed, and everybody gets hurt. Great! Excellent. <laughs> Great! Is that, is that, yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All the important parts. All right. <laughs> uh -oh. We just watched this, right? All right. Time has come for the final showdown with Angel. The gang is dispersed. Buffy is running from the police who thinks that she has murdered Kendra. And Giles is now at the mansion of Angelus where Angelus is torturing him, trying to find out the missing component that will allow him to activate the ritual that will open Akatla's giant stone mouth and suck the world into hell. One. Willow at the hospital, not looking so hot, but it works out. And she decides, I'm going to give this spell a second shot because I got myself the magic Jones in lifestyle now. And I am going to do it. And we are going to get Angel's soul back in there. So while we gather things and do that, everybody gets supplies. And Xander, you go tell Buffy that we're going to try to do this as Buffy is getting ready to go to the... Um, Stop Angel. Two. Two. Buffy gains an unlikely ally along the way in one William the Bloody, AKA Spike, who is so pissed at Angel that he pulls a, you know, my enemy is my enemy situation. And he says, yo, Buffy, I'll, we both kill Angel, I get Drew, and that's the trade-off. Buffy's like, no promises. Three. And, 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 oh, okay. and, sorry, sorry. These are generally like this. Uh, and, and Joyce finds out that Buffy's the Slayer and is not cool with it. Three. So there goes Buffy the Vampire Slayer marching with an anointed sword of a mystical knight ready to fight Angel and stop him from doing this horrible thing. She gets there, and when she gets there, she attacks all of his vampire crew, and Spike hops to his feet, knocking Angel to the ground, infuriating Drusilla, and, but she isn't able to stop him. He cuts his hand open because he got the information from Giles that he needed to have his own blood to open up the sword mouth ritual portal thing, and he does it, and the mouth's open, and the world's starting to get swallowed into hell. Four. Buffy learned through Angel's little apprentice man or mentor man, demon man named Whistler that only Angel's blood can close the portal. And so while the world is starting to get swallowed into hell, uh, Willow's spell works, bringing back Angel's soul, but Akathla is already sucking everything in and Buffy gives Angel one final kiss, stabs him through the heart and shoves him into hell to close the portal. Then she cuts down. My Friday night. Five. That's it. All right. Woo. That was a little run, runny honorary than you intends to. That's fine. I say, okay. as a copywriter. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm sorry to you the most. <laughs> Thank you. All accepted. 
It was like when Rachel was on here. Mm-hmm. She was like going insane. Yeah, Rachel Hine was just like, oh, God. Yeah, that was, that's why I kept looking away. I was like, no, <laughs> no, that would be another sentence. No, no. <laughs> so what are you guys' feelings on this episode? Sad. Super good. Sad. It's really good. <laughs> it's It's really good and it's really exciting and like, I'm so glad that this is like Spike's kind of like, he's been out of the game for a while and like yeah. Spike is back and it's the first time mm-hmm. that we've like Spike and Buffy like working together on something. But like Spike becomes, like I know he's driving off at the end of this episode, but like we all know Spike comes back. Come on, guys. Right. Well, spoiler. Um, yeah. spoiler. And Spike no. is, yeah. when you watch the season <laughs> back, you realize how much he's not really in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like if you watch this season, like I was talking about those VHS tapes that like pick the main episodes. Mm-hmm. When you watch those all together, Spike's all over those episodes. Yeah. But it's like when you see it all stretched out as one, Spike and Oz are ornaments on the tree of this season no, that do not I, get the love they I, I feel like I rem, in my mind <laughs> yeah. I remember them being such a huge part of this season in the same yeah. way that you think about the ornaments on a Christmas tree but the majority of it is Christmas tree mm-hmm. but I like how Oz points that out and he's kind of like I definitely missed something here he's like okay I've been gone what is like what did I miss <laughs> clearly a lot clearly a lot has changed yeah. and it's great because it's that like meta like oh I haven't been here what's up will it is magic now okay uh, all right Okay. Mm. He's very accepting. And that probably comes from being a werewolf. You I think, think he's just always been accepting. Yeah. And even before the werewolf yeah. stuff? I think he's very chill. He's very like baseline he is kind very of chill. personality. So I think he would accept whether it was her being a witch or her being like a domineering loud person. Like I feel like no matter what, if he likes somebody, he'll just roll with what it, whatever it is that their quirk is. Mm-hmm. Pretty chill. And handsome and great. We're also reassembling the library. That's the noises you hear (laughs) as I'm slowly screwing in the. uh... Went to IKEA and bought some uh, new bookshelves. Why is this our job? They're going to be really excited. Terrible. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, well, they don't have a librarian at the moment. They also don't pay their computer teacher. No, that's child labor. Cutting a lot of corners. Mm -hmm. A lot of corners. Yeah. Like I think that actually. Build it over anything crazy. Yeah. Like a hell mouth. That right. would be yeah. weird. Like they had the they actually had the victims of the crime scene tape up the crime tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But really that gives you a sense of uh completion. Okay. Yeah. Closure. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. I think that this episode is classic. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like so much is happening all at once and it's super iconic. It's one of the most famous best Buffy episodes ever. It's insane that Buffy has to stab Angel. Yeah. She Did she have to? have to? She didn't yeah. have to. She didn't have to. He, why was does... able, he was able to just use the blood from his hand to yeah. pull the sword out. So why didn't he if, do that again? Why? Yes, but he didn't know that he had opened a portal. It would have been up to Buffy to think, hmm, it worked when he just used his hand blood. Perhaps I could simply reopen this womb and slap this void across the face. Uh-huh. Instead, she chose to stab him through the heart. Buffy's choice. Yeah, it was kind of weird, because it's sort of like, I guess a way she could have done it was been like, Buffy, where is it? Like, Angel, you turned evil, this thing is open, rub your blood in the open portal to see if it closes it. And if it didn't close it, Angel, being Angel, would have jumped in himself. Right. But it's also like, it's hard because, I feel like part of it is Buffy is like, okay, so Angel's back, but it's also like, do I want to make that mistake again? Because he knows everything that happened last time. So it is kind of like a quick decision type moment. And I understand why in that moment she would just be like, like, this sucks, but, like, you know what, like, I mm-hmm. just have to, like, at this point. She's been gearing like, up for that. Yeah, because she's forever. basically been preparing herself to kill Angel, which she doesn't want to kill Angel. Mm-hmm. And she, it was already hard for her, and now you kind of, like, visually see, like, the audience sees why it's so hard, because you have that moment with them. And you can see, like, it's like, oh, well, it's easy to see that Buffy has feelings for Angel with a soul, mm-hmm. but Buffy also has feelings for Angel without his soul despite herself yeah so i feel like she kind of has this moment where it's just like i just need to like i know i need to do this and at least she got like some closure i guess it's, mm-hmm. it's really sad but she got more closure than she would have been just killing him by pushing that's, him into a hell into dimension. A hell dimension um that's how i admire relationships to me <laughs> this scene went on a lot longer than i remembered it going on from just like my memory of them seeing re- each other right i rem- i thought in my memory she like barely had time to register that it was him and she was already stabbing him that's how i remember too right. yeah but it's I, like the stab and then he's like buffy right yeah and i which i think is actually the previously on 
that we're remembering for the season three. season three. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. because this was a long scene to me where she's oh, yeah. like, they're hugging, they're pulling apart, they're hugging, they're kissing. Like, she had plenty of time, yeah. I feel like, yeah. to be like, Yeah, and Akafla hey. was being kind of patient. Right, he yeah. was yeah. taking You guys need a time. You, you guys need time. another moment? Okay, Right, I, fe- I really do feel like this was kind of like a weird kind of choice to do it that way. If it had been a little quicker, I would have been more on board with the whole, oh yeah, she just had to hurry up and do it. Yeah. But instead it was her really consciously being like, mm, stab this guy, he's a jerk. Yeah. Close your eyes. Oh, that's that so tough. Like she murdered him. Yeah, no, she she killed Angel. And she and that's and how painful is that? That it's like she has all this time where she's building up to be like, I'm gonna kill Miss Calendar's killer, but she doesn't even get to kill Angelus. Yeah. She has she has to kill Angel. Well she has yeah. to I mean she has to face it. Like that's her facing like, I don't know. It's Facing the fact yeah. that this was who she fell for. Yeah. That, like, I the mean, same guy yeah, we're talking about. Because he's not just one person, he's both people, mm-hmm. no matter what. And even if she did kill him as Angelus, he's still both of those people. And if he didn't have all this guilt, would he even be this nice of a guy? Yeah. You don't yeah. Know. That's I a mean, question. he didn't seem nice before he right. was. Right. That's what I'm saying. He just yeah. fired. Mm-hmm. He's not a very great guy. I think he only, we only feel bad for him because it's like, oh, I'm a puppy who kills people. Have you guys ever been in a situation where you had to walk away from something and it wasn't a win? Yes. Like you had to complete a situation, but it wasn't a win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. How like but like Buffy at the end of this, it's not like good versus good, one over evil. It was like she had to just do this thing to prevent like a bunch of destruction and is like out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I don't. There's not one that <laughs> okay. There's not one that immediately is like poof this time. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. not gonna tell you about the times because they were sad. But uh, oh. hey, you know, speaking of less sad things, can we talk about that fight scene and how Drusilla, who doesn't breathe, is put into a sleeper hold and passes yeah, what's out? With that? Yeah. Do you think that it was a? I don't know. <laughs> something. I mean, clear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I when you put it that way, I, I'm, I'm gonna go on the ledge with you and also agree. Yeah, I think it was something. <laughs> I think that you know, clearly, she became unconscious at some point. And it wasn't through a lack of oxygen. It was through some kind of pressure point or I don't Maybe know. he zenith her. Oh, yeah, isn't there there's supposed oh, yeah. to be that like pressure point in your neck? No, because uh... why the sleeper works is it hold it restricts your airflow. Yeah. Is the whole thing. But isn't yeah. there another thing that's like a Thing that you could, it's like a button that you push. Yeah, according to Zena, according to Zena, and the Vulcan neck pinch. Yes, there are a lot of nerves that will just put you right to push sleep. Push a button. And so I think that's what Spike was doing. He did the Vulcan neck pinch yeah. in a, a different format than we're used a to. A vampire <laughs> neck hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the neck hug, yeah, was was to constrain her while he got resistance. a pinch in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My walk away no win situation, yeah. which I realized was I had a little bit of I, this vice principal in middle school didn't like me for some reason. At least that's how I read it. She got mad at me a lot about a lot of things, uh, and like reported like my bad behavior when I was like I was like doing something, and then she was like, "We need to put these chairs away." I'm like, "Cool, I'll do it after like the stands." And then like, I would get in trouble for not putting away like the chairs because I was like putting away the stands at that time. Yeah, weird stuff like, like that. Your mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe it was. Maybe was maybe she ever a vice mom. principal at a Maybe school? it was my mom. Okay, that would make that would explain a lot. No, it wouldn't. no, uh, that actually create more questions. Wait, was it actually potentially your mom? No. Okay, but I was like going to create like a huge issue because like I was I just kept getting in trouble and like I was about to graduate from middle school. I was talking to a teacher and I was like, I I think I'm just gonna create like a report, put together this thing of how she's just like had it after me or whatever. Teacher's like, you could do that. And you, you know, that could be a thing, and it probably could create a lot of like conversation in the school, or you could just walk away from this and just like not look back. It's totally up to you. And I was like, okay. And I thought about it for a while because it was a thing where like if I did it, she would have definitely like flashed back about stuff, and it would have been like an issue over the summer. And then so last day, I was just like, all right, well, I'll see you later, and just like said to the the vice principal, and then like walked off. And afterwards, I was like, I mean, I don't feel like I vanquished anything, but at the same time. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just carrying on, so. That was kind of like. Not sure if it was a victory, but I was like, well, the problem's not around me anymore. Right? Yeah, because it's like when the mouth of a Akathla closes, it's like, well, the world's still here, but it was already going to be here. Yeah. And yeah, so it uh, just returns to status quo versus. Happy, happiness. Right. Like there's like parades and, and yeah, trumpets. You know, if you'd left your boyfriend alive, maybe there would have been parades and puppies after the mouth closed. Maybe. Yeah. Sunnydale does have the puppy parade. 
Oh, yeah. Signed out puppy And he print. had to make up to her, right? He probably would have brought her, like, 30 puppies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He got Drusilla one, right? He knows where the pups are at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Angel has a history of being aware of puppies. And That's true. Nailing them to walls. Drusilla, Miss Edith, in her arms, loves her. Yeah. Cares for Miss Edith. Wait, what's the status of Miss Edith? Because Miss Edith was not carried off by Spike. No, I think Spike left Miss Edith behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's that, the real reason, I bet, that their relationship does what it does. Yeah. Okay. Is because Spike left their child, or the closest thing to their child, Miss Edith, who was recovering from speaking out of turn, <laughs> and now is getting the front row at the what, end of the world. Yeah. What is the face of Miss Edith? Comic offshoot. Please. Let's just call it Dark Horse right now. Is she going to get a Twitter account, too? I make a little list of dark things that I'm like, Dark Horse should make this. One is the knight fighting a copla. That could be interesting. Because they keep on referencing this knight. He, like, blessed the sword. Yeah. And you never hear him by name. It's like, yeah, this knight. He's a heroic knight. I think every time they go into the past, they have a little bit of a trouble that any Cthulhu-based world has, which is that it doesn't make any sense in any kind of timeline. Right. That there would be a knight, and then also that there would be these great and terrible, like, Cthulhu type demons. Mm-hmm. So whenever they go in the past, like even in the comics, they just like have no background ever. Yeah, like, this doesn't take place anywhere. Yeah, kind of weird. Do you? What's the purpose of sad television? Of what? Sad television. Uh, like, why do we watch sad television? To let you deal with things that are going on in your life. Same through, reason we like uh, Adele. Yeah. To make yourself feel better that you're not going through that? No, I think it's more like a... I, I, well, I personally think that it's like, okay, you have things going on in your life that you may or may not want to address, but when you're watching them happen in front of you on a screen, you can better process them because it feels like you're removed from it. Uh-huh. But you do ultimately relate it to experiences you've had, so you can uh, better... That's, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's why I watch sad television. Cool. Is that not why we watch sad television? I don't like sad television. In fact, if Buffy was not about vampires and whatnot, I would not watch the show. Uh-huh. And Jessica mm-hmm. Jones, if it wasn't about a superhero, I would not watch that show. Daredevil saying, like, I don't like drama. I don't like to feel sad. Because uh-huh. I get really sad. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't watch romantic comedies for this very reason. Because there's always that part in the romantic comedy where uh, everything goes point. to crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll just be in the theater like, oh, I can't, I can't, wow, this is so terrible. I'm embarrassed for everybody involved. And I just feel uncomfortable and unhappy. Yeah. Well, that's why I like action yeah. yeah. It's because at least they always overcome the sadness, generally. Yeah. No? Like uh, in Rose. TV shows? Or you mean in... Right, except for Game of Thrones, which is why well, I feel like people hard. are turning on That's it. like, I'm a, like, Penny Dreadful is probably a show that I'd recommend for people that really like Buffy. The season two finale that just happened, well, I guess it was like months ago now. Uh, that was a sad one, and I'm not actually sure how they're going to resolve any of that. So now I'm just kind of in this state of just, like, being sad... And I'm excited for it to come back, but I'm also like, how are they going to fix that? I don't know if they can. Uh, so, I don't well, know. how are they going to fix Angel being Exactly, to exactly. Well, at they least you can find out. You can be like, oh, Netflix, great. Let's find out what happens oh, in the next episode. But you're but stuck. Like, yeah, I feel like one of those people that, like, had to watch shows live. Yeah, remember, God. man, live TV that. with that. like Having to anticipate ooh. something that, like, is currently being filmed. Or for me, it was for lots of cases because uh, I was I was catching up on Buffy, uh, for the most part, what, by borrowing DVDs from the library, and sometimes they did didn't have them, or someone just held on to it because there wasn't like a whole lot of copies. So it would be something where like I would watch season two, I'd watch this becoming part two, and someone was holding on to first disc of season three, mm-hmm. and so just two months I just lived with not being able to move forward. I was just like stuck here. That was like I have a few seasons of DVDs. Like I, I always bought things on DVDs where I'd let my friends borrow um, a season, uh-huh. um, and there were a few instances where friends would lose a disc. Oh, um, jerk faces. And then you have that, and it's a really hard thing. Now I'm glad things are on Netflix, but like my yeah. bone season one is missing like the last disc Ooh, that has insane. like the best episodes of season one. Uh, yeah. I don't have it. And I was so mad at her. And it's I just Bones? Yeah, Bones season but one that's all the on last Netflix disc. Now. I know. So yeah. yeah, but like it sucks because like my I have like the first what, like six seasons of mm-hmm. Bones, but I'm missing that like one disc and I'm like, how am I supposed to get that? Like I'm gonna just have to buy the whole thing again. Sarah and I can reenact the episode for you right now. Um what? Yeah. What 
Hi, uh, I'm Detective Bones. No, Detective she's Bones not a detective. Here. Will you stop? I was playing David Boreanaz's character. No, he's not Bones. Is he a writer? Stop. Excuse no. me, Detective Bones. I'm Bones. Bones. You're, you're Bones. I'm Bones. Okay. You're, uh, I don't know his name. You start off. I'm you're Detective, yeah. you're Mr. Bones. I'm Mr. Bones. Oh my yeah. God. No. And she's Bones. Mrs. Bones. Mr. Listen, Bones. I was just going to tell you guys about Unrelated. Pirates of Dark Water. I love oh. the Pirates of Dark Water. And how hard it was being a kid growing up watching shows like She Ra and He Man and Pirates of Dark Water where they didn't think it was important to give us any closure, to answer any questions, yeah. to resolve any of the mm -hmm. quests. Pirates of Dark Water just ends. Does he save his homeland? Does he find no. all the jewels? No, he we does not. We don't know. Does She-Ra end up dating Pirate Man? We don't know. The well, in Pirates of Darkwater, it just full-on, <laughs> essentially, ended. was canceled. Where? But that's what all of our cartoons, right. they, would, they would just yeah. end because they didn't care. They didn't yeah. think we cared. Yeah. So, you know, like, we live in a treasured time nowadays where even if a show is going to get canceled, they generally will they try, try to, to end wrap it. it up or they'll make a comic mm -hmm. or, like, Here's the something. thing that I don't understand. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm glad that you love that. That was yeah, my that was my main. Tucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He knows language. Understand. <laughs> knowing that, <laughs> knowing that children have their own independent psychology, and that psychology isn't something, or that mental architecture isn't something that comes later in life, is something that we really started investigating in like the 1800s, right? And like 1800s to yes. 20th century. I don't know that, but to sound smart, because I don't want to look right. to me just then. Confirmation <laughs> of that. Like what Maisie knew was like one of the first books that like actually looked at the kid's POV instead of a kid uh -huh. as an as as a object. Uh, but... I think that's what Freud tried to do and just failed. Oh, he failed. He was like, everybody loves boobs. Yeah. Mom, <laughs> mom, mom, mom. Yeah. But not him. God well... forbid that Freud himself would be subject to Freudian psychology. Yeah. Anyway. That's a separate podcast. That will never do, because that's just going to be catty. Fried the fraud. <laughs> ah, that was good. That's good. Fra uh, fraud. Frauds. Frauds. All frauds. Yeah, Freud is Sorry just the fraud. guy funding the podcast. Thank you, Freud. George Freud of the Freud Institute. We appreciate all of your contrib contributions. Thank you for your is, he is he a relative? Uh, to Sigmund Freud? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He changed his name to Escape From... Well, it doesn't matter. Uh... <laughs> But we, uh, but... <laughs> this is the most boring segment. <laughs> but what I don't understand is when people are just like, oh, well, we can do whatever we want with kids' TV because kids don't really care. But we have had now at least 100 years of psychological school that says, no, kids definitely care about hey, things. do you remember the Super Mario Brothers movie? Because I do. Those are not yeah. good. Direct result of this thinking mm. that kids are not It's just people being like, what? well, no, we're just... It's, that's what annoys me is people are making... Adults are making a bad thing. And like, well, we're making a bad thing because the audience doesn't care. Right. It's like, but you're still making a bad thing. Like, right. even if the audience didn't care, you should make the best thing you can. Wow! Look at all those ethics. Get out of here with your ethics. This is Hollywood, kid. Mm. Okay, fine. However, I'll go back to Montana. Degrassi gave us closure for the most part. Degrassi and yeah, right. kind of teens. Those, yeah, Aubrey yeah. Graham. Yeah. But see, Degrassi's great. Name. That's why. Ready for Roscoe? It was great. I don't know. The oh, twist ending where they realized Roscoe. that they were in space the whole time. Did you see that last episode? <laughs> What? Stop. Please stop it. Wait, wait, are you, saying, are you saying that just for <laughs> shows or movies? Because it's like, because it, in terms of treating kids like they don't matter or they don't think, it's like when you look at Disney and Pixar, who are kings of the castle, Yeah, they're winning the game. Yeah. And they don't share that perspective. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, it's a, a great business practice is to make a damn good product. Right. And mm -hmm. it's always confusing to me when people are always like, I'm in the business of staying in business. Right. Make a good product. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the example I always use is the difference between Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. Ooh. It was like, okay, you made a, a thing that everybody loves, so obviously the sequel should be a smash hit. We just... We do all the same stuff again. Right. But they didn't. They missed all of the various points that made the first movie good, and they thought, we'll just have this guy in it again, and we'll have a hot chick, and we'll have an adventure, and that's all you need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like most fantasy movies ended up doing that, and that's why everyone stopped watching fantasy for a while. And it yeah. took us all yeah. the way to get to, like, X-Men and The Hobbit, and not The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, for people to get back on board with fantastical elements in movies because they just stopped getting it. That's so true. And now fantasy, people have turned their back on fantasy once more because yes. the Hobbit movies came yeah. and they were depressing. And Ooh. now it's like everything on an X-Men level has been funneled just into superhero, but superhero and fantasy don't really sit in the same boat. Right. I feel like X-Men is on last legs because I'm a huge X-Men fan yeah. of X-Men in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, no secret. 
No secret. I'm, I'm wearing just, a belt I'm right sorry, now. I think it's X-Men. Like, nope, no belt. You have a Hulk I shirt. I know, yeah. like, people have issues with, like, the latest X-Men movie, but, like, I'm just so stoked that, spoiler alert, they, like, changed the story, basically, and brought Jean Grey back to life, because I just really like Jean Grey. Oh, well, saving, so I was I mean, like, you know what? I was like, I know that you basically were just like, fuck that other movie. Uh, we're just going to change everything. But I was like, you know what? They did bring back one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. So I can't be too Fox mad. Fox has two internal criticisms of how they've treated the X-Men universe. One in... Uh, uh, Days of Future Past, where they literally went back and erased a film. I liked Days of Future Past, though. I didn't like First Class, and I liked Days of Future Past. I, I'm not a huge fan of either. But me neither. Now that I think about it, because I like X two though. So it's like I love Patrick Stewart. Oh, of course, anything. Not anything. in those movies, but as a man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. Patrick, Patrick, where were you Stewart. going with that? <laughs> well, I can't remember now. They were in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Who the X Men? Yeah, uh, yeah. But we don't talk about that yet. That's in season four. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Okay. When Scott joins, remember Scott Sanders? Oh, shit. Yes, and then it's like, okay. oh, yeah, I'm related but... to you, Buffy. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Logan. Ooh, no, uh, no. His dad was a about... space pirate, not a jerk who left. That's true. His dad was a space pirate. And still boring. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you have a dad that's a space pirate and shoot lasers out your eyes and you're still one of the most boring people? All you have to do is just give, stop making Scott like the charming hero character that everyone's in love with, mm-hmm. make him a super crazy, angry guy that's trying to like be a normal human being but has all this stuff built in. That's the cool thing about Scott is he's got all this energy inside his head and he's always like, I'm cool, I'm chill. Wolverine's like the wild card. And then when he lets loose and it's ripping out of his eyes, you're just like, everyone's scared of Scott. Mm-hmm. Like Whedon's run with Astonishing and everything he does with Cyclops yeah. is so good. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that actually happened, but yeah. you, were, you were referring to Here's it. how you write a good story. Well, you let a really good writer write it. <laughs> You're a lot of hair. So, Buffy. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of uh, when there's a character, they, they are in a certain corner, and you expect certain things from them, but then they do something much different, and it's way more awesome, Spike becoming Buffy's ally. Yeah. Probably the most memorable aspect I of this episode. I fist-pumped a lot. I got so excited. Yeah. Oh I should my have, God. I should have taken video of that. I it just was like, lots of fist-pumping. Holland was like that video of that little girl watching The Force Awakens. Have <laughs> seen that? Like, yeah. Spike shut up, and she was like, fuck! <laughs> Except it was a lot more hands in the air. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, true. We, and we both did a little squee motion quietly to ourselves yeah. throughout the rest well, of it. Well, Spike yeah. is the perfect example of just like a really great villain, because it's not just like, oh, he's evil. It's like, no, like... He has his own um, kind of like journey. Like he has his own wants and like needs. Right, right. So he will do whatever it takes for him to better himself, Mm -hmm. which like makes him a villain, but not necessarily because he's kind of like, all right, like I want Drew back. I want to leave with Drew. I don't like Angel anymore. Like I will help you. Angel. But it doesn't but even then have also, her back. Yeah, but yeah. then also at the end when he's like, he's gonna kill her, and he just walks away. Yeah. So it's not like he so gets it's what like he really wants. It's him helping himself. Greatest thing about season two, I want to say, is that it's not. They really hammer down. This isn't humans versus demons, and demons are bad, and Buffy wearing a cross is good. So it's just like symbols of Christianity fighting like symbols of like demonic evil. Because Whistler himself is just like, yeah, I'm a demon, I'm not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like bring that back in. Also, the idea that humans in a previous episode, like Buffy's old friends, turn out to be more evil than some of the vampires, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that this is... A, Spike is a great moment where it's like, yeah, he's a villain and he doesn't have a soul, but that doesn't mean that it's just a one super straightforward, flat right. storyline because mm-hmm. she teams up with him, you know? Right, and it's like he has earthly desires. It's like, I love his little speech as he's smoking that cigarette in the cop car where he's like, yeah. I don't want to destroy the world. I like this world. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes on to list those things. And when we were watching it, I think something Sarah brought up, I forget exactly what the point was, but it was like, and I'm sure <laughs> you can elaborate it, but it was the idea <laughs> of that Spike, how Spike is without a soul. or was it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's basically that, yeah, yeah you can, you said Reflects it about what, who, it says something about angels. Right, yeah, like that's one of the reasons why it's harder for me to, to feel a, like pity, I guess, in a way, or feel like angels is great guy, because here we have his foil, Spike, who has no soul and still like has all these ethics somehow. Yeah. Like he loves Drew and he wants to help Drew and he can see beyond just the desire. He likes uh, the earth. Sometimes he can choose to be kind to people. Like he is a fully rounded character without a soul and it makes you question just what a soul does. And yeah. you know, the very fact that 
all you have to do is take away Angel's soul and he immediately becomes a bag of dicks. It's kind of like, well, if you didn't have all that guilt weighing on you, would you even be a nice guy? Again, you know, yeah. that's just my yeah. question. Yeah, it's a good point. It's like, because Liam was this drunken fool right. with no cool bone in his body. Angelus was a vicious murderer. And mm-hmm. then you're right, Angel, so it's his three identities, only exists because of what you just said. Right. Yeah. And so in that sense, it is uh, kind of weird. He's Angel. Angel, you kind of have to like less because Spike is so great. Right. Yeah. Spike and Joyce. Best scene, yes. best scene in the yeah. season. So funny. Is that I would love to see the them as a buddy yeah. cop. When he did the axe thing, I love that. Like what happens later on with their relationship, it's really great. But like when he did, he was like, he, he was like, stay away from my daughter. <laughs> he's like imitates yeah. her. It was yeah. so good. <laughs> good memory on Spike's part. Yeah. Yeah. And strangely enough, it's like. Spike, maybe don't share that piece of information because that was a situation in which you were attacking a bunch of people and now you're trying to... But I guess that in Spike's mind, he doesn't care or yeah, think that. Right, like when he turned around to the cop and was like, hang on, let me just kill this guy. Right. Like Spike's not thinking about it. He's used to not having to think about that sort of thing. Yeah. He has his own code that he sticks to. Yeah. And it is not the code that we would necessarily want someone in society to stick to, but does that matter? Right. And Singer. Not just proven oh. in James Marster's life and maybe an episode later, but Spike's desire when he was like, what do you do in the band? Sing. Mm-hmm. It was obvious, though. Like, you look at him. He's obviously the he's lead definitely singer. definitely a front man, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Not a drummer. Not no, a drummer. No, not triangle. Drummer yeah, a like, triangle. She plays a triangle. <laughs> and she definitely is a drummer because she's, like, dumb and hits things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder like who, fills, who fills out that band. Willow is on the piano. I. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Oz or on guitar. Oz on guitar. Yeah, yeah. is he is he bass? Does he play bass or does he? No, play he's guitar. guitar. He's guitar. And then Xander can easily do bass because bass is pretty easy to learn. Somebody's teaching him on the side mm-hmm. as the band goes. I feel like Xander might even be like just like the soundboard, like the oh. the roadie. The no, hitting the pads. He's still on stage, but every so often he's just like doing like noises. And oh, stuff he's to the throw in. he's like the EDM guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like pre-recorded. Nah, sometimes you don't need Cordy? Cordy. Cordy be a very cute bass player. Yeah, Cordy on the bass. Yeah, Giles is the manager. Josie and the Pussycat style. And then every so often they find out like Giles then takes like the mic and or does everything. You know, or it's or, like, like yeah, everybody. It's, it's like, like the, the gentlemen come to town and take everyone's voice so nobody can actually back up sing. But Giles was in England and it's like oh my god nobody can sing in the band. What are we gonna do? And then Giles sings and they're like when he sang as a child, I felt very like. strange in my pants. Not Whoa. I was like, whoa, why do I like this old man? (laughs) He does that. He does a, there's a version of him doing Rocky Horror. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. I like everything about that man. Yeah. Yeah. And even more so his resolve. Oh, that's the torture scene is. Let's talk about that really quickly because he had to do something to get into that torture scene. Yeah. In Dusted, we read that he would have chili peppers on hand to make his tears explode but he didn't consider the fact that then he was going to make out with not just Robia Lamort but Juliet not Landau. Not just one but two which very is, attractive ladies. Right and so he would run to his trailer and like viciously like I just imagine him like under one of those horrible sinks just being like oh my god I gotta get the chili peppers out. I think it would have made for a hotter scene. Whoa! I'll be here all week. Kepsa come on Sarah. So- Sad. All the like Giles and Jenny stuff still makes me so upset. They were my favorite. I really like them. They're like my favorite. And we were talking about favorite Buffy couples earlier, and obviously Mm -hmm. like Willow and Oz, but like Giles and Jenny are just like. Because Willow and Oz, that's just like this chemistry that's just so undeniable. Like Buffy and Angel are sort of the worst. Yeah, that's an abusive relationship between a twenty-five-year-old and a sixteen-year-old in real life, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then the and then um, Cordy and Xander, I don't even really count. Yeah, it's almost just kind of. I mean, I guess you kind of do. But what do you guys? What do you guys yeah, think I about Cordy and Xander? I, I feel, I like, feel they, like they didn't have chemistry. Their high school relationship. There's no one else really for them to date. Yeah, <laughs> that's just kind of how a lot of high school relationships go. That makes sense. Yeah. If you're a loser. Yeah, because Xander is the unhappy Wait. one. <laughs> Cordy's also very unhappy. Yeah. They both have crazy... Everyone's got crazy domestic situations. So that's a stupid thing to say. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a Joss Whedon show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel like they 
are very, they're definitely there for each other and they're both outcasts in their own way and mm-hmm. that helps them be together. But it's not something where you're like, oh, these two click and they're going to get married. It's mm-hmm. just for the time being, they're there to support each other. Well, again, like I mentioned, I don't think Xander understands how to commit to somebody, period. Because even then when he eventually gets whatever he thinks he wants, it's not what he wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think he has his own hangups maybe because of the kind of family he grew up in. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of my mm-hmm. friends like uh, doing crazy stuff together, like you know having kids or like. Oh, well, it's crazy, man! I mean, in the sense of interesting <laughs> no, things. No, it, it is crazy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or like that, or uh, they are getting crazy jobs, and like they're the head of like some production department or something like that, or like selling scripts. And I'm always like, oh man, that's like awesome. And then I start to wonder, like, should I be like at a place in my life where I'm doing that? And I realize, like, oh, well, I'm not. So it's good that I don't have, like, a kid or something like that because I am not prepared for that at all. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing with Xander where I think that lots of times he wants stability, so he jumps into, like, these sorts of situations, but he's not fully cooked yet. Right. So it's interesting just as a, as a, as a growing human I've yeah. noticed about myself. Yeah, he's a very immature person, as we already know, but that extends to all aspects. It's not just him telling jokes and everything. He's, he's immature in all ways. Yeah. Which makes me ask the question, what do you guys think about Xander concealing that Willow is going to be working on the restoration spell? I mean, it's to be expected based off of Xander's behavior, mm-hmm. like, throughout the season. Right. Like, it makes sense that he would do that. It's pretty selfish for him to think that he could just contain all information. But I guess him and Buffy are similar in that way because Buffy doesn't tell Angel what she's doing. Yeah. Which I'm sure he honestly would probably be down. He would probably be the first one to say, I'm put the go, sword in me. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But she doesn't tell him that, and she's keeping control of the situation. And I think there's something similar between her and Xander on that. Right. Yeah. Like, she tells him to close his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Xander thinks that it was going to maybe make her not fight as hard? That she would be doing something I'm sure different? Xander thought that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think Xander wasn't thinking that strategically. I think he was just thinking, I want her to kill him. Yeah, 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 you're right. And he had a moment of, yeah, that's, that, because he came close to almost, you can see for a second. You know he knows he did something bad. Yeah. There's like a moment on his face where he's like, that wasn't the thing. It's really weird though, because he does look like Bones from Star Trek. It's very distracting because he looks oh, like with it looks shirt, like, yeah. the whole episode. Yeah. yeah. I just keep it looks like Buffy's on an away mission and then he comes in and it's like, Jim, you can't go there. I'm like, why is he dressed as a Star Trek character? It's very distracting. And then Cordelia actually had a red shirt on with a pin that was almost Ooh. in the shape of it wasn't the actual. So she's shape. like a hura? Right, but she had a pin that was like shaped enough where it was like beam me up. And I was like, that's so weird, because now she looks like a red shirt and he's got a blue shirt. What's happening? Confusing. And I think, uh, never mind, Oz had a pink shirt at the end, so that doesn't... Which looks very nice on him. Yeah. He pulls off anything. Uh, Oz. It's confidence. That's why he's attracted to Willow, because the first time that they really have a moment is when she's in her confidence thing in Halloween, Mm -hmm. and and then I think Oz is like, now there's someone on my wavelength. Right. Wait, isn't it it when he he sees her as the Eskimo? Yeah, I don't count that. Why not? Because... That's when he says, that's just an Eskimo thing. That's just an Eskimo thing. But you got something against Eskimos? I don't have anything against Eskimos. They're called I think Inuit. Zon- <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, snap. Something's happening. Oh, man. I missed it. We avo- Chris avoided saying the word gypsy this entire time. Oh, really and we still job. rolled Inuit. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> my God. Stole that from space. I take no credit for it. Oh. They say a lot in Buffy. They do. Just the in 90s. Terms of, oh, in terms of like racial slurs? That yeah, we didn't yeah. Well, because every yeah, because we're not derogatory terminology. Things that we're not supposed to say anymore. Yeah, yeah. Buffy, they throw it around casually. Crap! I just learned last year at Ren Fair that I wasn't supposed to be saying that word. So to be fair, the G Are word. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that recently too. I, I dressed as one. Is that racist? I don't know. We were Ren Fairing. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't dress up as like a Native American. Can you in, Ren Native American garb? I don't know. I learned it if live on the SSG as, podcast. Yeah. If you're dressing as somebody from the past at a renaissance fair where you dress as all these other things. If I could get a little sassy for a second. I'm tired of the whitewashing of Ren Fairs. I think we need some goddamn yes. multicultural yes. antique clothing at Ren Fairs because 
Right. Where we're talking about, what we're representing, had people from all over. Yes. That's how trade works, mm -hmm. people. Ships could sail on the ocean. Right. I mean, we're, they were closer to Africa than we are. But I actually have been <laughs> seeing way more people dressed up like... And maybe they're Middle Eastern people awesome. or maybe they're uh, Asian people from that same time period. Yeah. So that that's why I say it's confusing when it comes to Ren Faire because you're not wearing it to be like, I'm cool at this band. You're like wearing it to be like, look how authentically I am portraying this. I guess, yeah, place. you're right. I take it back. I guess if you're just dressed up Romani, then you're but, just dressed up Romani. But, but I, I'm not necessarily saying that's true. I'm oh, just okay. saying that's why I'm confused. And I have not worn that costume since I got that confusion. I've basically just been a pirate. I don't really dress up. That's actually an offensive term. You can't. Say oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck we it all. Call them sea men. Biscuits. <laughs> They're called sea biscuits. Sea biscuits. Sea biscuits. Yeah. Okay. But we're, but that's gonna be. But we yeah. Say Horses that are a little. <laughs> what were you saying? You never... I don't know what I'm saying. I've no. I've never <laughs> dressed up for Ren Fair. You've never no, dressed up for Ren Well, no, because I don't really have. You dressed up like a mummy. Clothes. What? You had like the mummy garb last time. You had like white clothing. What? The rent. You went to the Renaissance Fair. I went to Ren Fair, but I wore like a a dress that had like this pattern on it that was like uh, it's like fleur de lis or something. It looked like a curtain. Like oh. I was like, oh, this pattern might work, but I was like, it doesn't. I'm wearing like a short strapless dress. You dressed French. You dressed French. No, it didn't least. work. At I all. wish you guys could see her face when she said no. It was great. It's Omar it's, and I had a very deep drunken bonding experience at a Ren Fair. I was, don't drink. We were on the same wavelength. <laughs> It was great. Can I have I some of this donut? Yeah, eat it all. <laughs> it was a little too. We cannot have food me. around the podcast because this is, listen to this oh, oh. hailstorm outside. <laughs> Ren fairs are a great place to learn about other cultures and to get really drunk from between a barmaid's boobs. So we, <laughs> I got back to Buffy. I was hungover when I went to Ren Fair and I just got more drunk and I tried to fence and I thought I was gonna die. Uh, I fenced with Stevie. Yeah, she told me how to fence and I was like, she I yelled at me. I was really had a fence. Uh, I see that the oh. hand is getting close to the bell. So, is there oh, any man, closing thoughts? Yeah, on... I have a few. All right. Uh, one is the Joyce realization. Have we talked about that yet? No. The, the confession. That was really I've hard to watch. Not being a vampire slayer. Yeah. Right. That feels like that's is that parallel. Well, I, oh yeah. my god, it's definitely supposed to be paralyzed, uh, a paralleling someone like coming, coming out. out? Yeah. And it's like I think it's clever, but at the same time, it's kind of heavy-handed because it's so obvious. They're like, have you tried not being a vampire slayer? Um, or yeah. she, she says like one other line of... that's specifically, oh, it's because you didn't have a strong father figure. It's like mm -hmm. literally all the lines she's saying are lines that a parent would say to someone who's coming out. Yeah. And it's, what? I didn't get that at all. You didn't I get that? It, it's like, so obvious. <sighs> it's so obvious. And like, I think are you it's clever. Sure but you're it's, a vampire it's kind of heavy handed, but it, it, I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it's funny because it's clearly supposed to be like. Super like, oh, yeah. this is clearly a parallel yeah. to this. Isn't this hilarious mm -hmm. that, like, people do this? I think that there could have been an episode dedicated to it, and with so much going on, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we're also swallowing this. Like, this is mm -hmm. a lot. But it makes sense that, like, Buffy's yeah. life is just going cray. I think, yeah, it, this is a situation where she becomes completely isolated and has to stand on her own. It's like she, the whole, I guess the kind of, where I would try to tie it all together in terms of a theme is the idea of self-reliance yeah that it's like whistler saying that to angel like the whole idea of the, the word becoming like whenever i'm like what is becoming was it like a spell or whatever remember when i rewatch it now it's the idea of they say it a lot it's like you have to become someone yeah and that the idea of when uh she's fighting angelus in the end and he's like your friends are gone what do you have left and she's like i have me uh that's like she has no joyce because joyce has said get out of my house yeah she has no giles yeah. Because this is a situation where she has to go in with no plan. Uh, well, she has a plan, but she doesn't have the person who she relies upon. So I guess that's kind of my thought on why it was important to have the Joyce uh, conflict in this one. I right. think it, it also worked because, again, like what I said, I, I like about these kinds of shows is how everything is parallel to just you living your life without superpowers or vampires. There's not usually a good time. That, like, there's never time to have, like, yeah. the kind of conversations you need to have. And things get complicated and things, you know, you say the wrong thing and you don't have, you can, there's no taking it back. And for me, that was this episode is every argument I've ever had with my mom was, like, there. Like, that was a mom talking to her daughter, like, right. quintessential, like, not getting each other, not each feeling like, the mother feeling like, I need to have control over you. And the daughter feeling like, I don't have time to do what you need from me because this is very important. And the mother being like, it's really not important. 
Yeah. You know, this is more important and the daughter not getting that. Um, mm-hmm. And then driving your child out of your life, of course. I like that this is speaking from a writer's standpoint I have noticed that like lots of times when I'm writing like parents if the parents aren't a main character in something they end up being they end up getting super flattened to just facilitating or causing con like either there'll be like a slight obstacle or like they're just there to like help like the main character do their stuff mm-hmm. and Joyce is so much of her own character yeah. and it's so great that she has such like you can while it's aggravating because you're like we're in the middle of something and then Joyce is just now catching up and there's right. like a little bit of like tension there, you can still completely see where Joyce is coming right. from mm-hmm. aside from her whole uh, Slayer phobic speech. But still, you can but you understand right. like Joyce's reaction. Any like, parent it's... Would, would have that kind of reaction. I feel like I mean to, she. What I always liked about her is she's not a mom. She's a person. Yeah. She has love interests. She has flaws. She she doubts herself. Yeah. She's a person who had a child. Mm-hmm. And the older you get, I think the more you can appreciate that in a yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I have kids, I'm not 100% sure if I will, but if I do have kids and they're listening to this, <laughs> go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Like we document our lives so much, our kids are going to be able to find all this stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. and their could, own. But imagine if you could find like your parents' like fucking like podcast or like look at their Twitter. Oh, um, wow. I have like, found letters. Letters. Believe me, you don't even want to open that door. I learned I some know. shit about my mom and a baby octopus and sex on a beach that I did not want to learn. She gave birth to an octopus. Nope. Okay, it's way worse. <laughs> I. It's worse than giving birth to an octopus. Yes. Two octopi. She. I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's our bell. Uh, I believe that an octopus slapped the bell, so it sounded it was a little. It sounded weird. like that, but it was worse. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are almost at a time for season two. I, I still can't wrap my head around that. But before we yeah. before we sit and dwell on that, or just get on a bus and run away from our problems, we are gonna do an extra extra. Becca Scott is somewhere. Just her ears are ringing. We're going to do an extracurricular activity where we're going to make something Say it up. one more time. I'm sorry. I didn't an extracurricular activity. activity. Well, we're going to do something. We're going to make something up on the spot inspired by this episode. It could be anything. It could be a local commercial. It could be a Sarah design, McLaughlin a pitch, song. a Sarah McLaughlin Sarah song. Sarah Wow, we just tiered another it's not Buffy romance I don't know what that is. I think that's season six. Yeah. Guys, all these... You don't know? Do have we never done karaoke together? I didn't together? know that that was Sarah McLaughlin. And you guys acted like you even knew that song. Yeah, I, I know like, that song because I have that album. It's the same one that um uh Sweet Surrender is on. I have, it's like yep. the black one where she's like lying like this. Sarah McLaughlin comes up a lot in this podcast. I listen to a lot. Well, because my parents were really the big McLaughlin into Sarah group? McLaughlin. The McLaughlin so group. I, I have one song from Buffy and it's um would, that Would You Sell Your Soul For Love. It's the one where everything goes to crap. Allison Cross or something like oh. that. Oh. Anyway. Hey, which I think, one where everything goes to um, crap? <laughs> the, this one? one? No. no. It's a different one. It's a few seasons ahead so I don't know if you guys want me to say it. Yeah, maybe no, not. Don't yeah. say it. Everything so bad. we're going to make something up on the spot. And uh, what are we going to do this week, Holland Farkas? We're going to do, to close out the season, Holland Farkas. Let's not do another song then, because that didn't go very well last time. I, I think it went great. great. And it'll go well. Didn't listen to it back yet, but... Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it an Irish drinking song? I was proud angel. of all of us. Yeah. How about the fact that like the real cops get involved, and we get more of a hint that Snyder is uh, involved in a giant in conspiracy with the mayor? Okay, I guess we're going to do uh, the cop. Sunnydale. Sunnydale P- cop conference. Yeah, Sunnydale PD. All right. All right, uh, cops, come in. Everybody come in, come in. Uh, Officers, take a seat. Take a seat. Coffee's on the, the right over there. Oh, good. So, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for all of your service. We have had a great season so far, guys. And I also just want to reassure you that uh, that there's I've heard some talk in the hallways. And I want to open this up for questions in a second, but we here in Sunnydale only deal with standard criminal activity. That's what we're here to do as cops. Anyone who says anything different, ignore them. I uh, I, I saw a man just turn into dust, just kind of just kind of blow up into a pile of dust. Uh, what do we? What's the protocol there? What, oh, what was Wachowski. That? What was that? <laughs> Sounds like you've been pulled some long hours. Uh, Sounds like a trick of the light. 
I think I know which reference you're referring to. Uh, I think that uh, the assailant ran down the hallway, but it was a very dusty night, and it sounds like a, you uh, you caught a gust of wind. So thank uh, you. Any other questions? I, I don't I, thanks, Wachowski. Yeah. Thank you, Wachowski. What? Yeah, Chief, I... Look, I never seen a man blow up in the dust. Don't, don't, let me let me tell you that. But I received a call from a very nice lady. Uh-huh. You know, she's part of the the Jajowski family that uh-huh. lives down on Ravello Ave. Uh huh. And she was at the Sunnydale Beach. Okay. She said that there was an octopus growing out of her husband's head. And when I went to the scene, it looked like something a little worse than that. But it was definitely nothing that I'd ever seen. In, you know, just my run-of-the-mill Andy Cap kind of town. Kubrick, uh, you're a good cop. You're a good cop. And I think that we've all been working long hours, again. And I think that uh, that you you. it sounds to me like you just saw a little bit of uh, Beach Time Hanky Panky. And uh, I know right. you're a good kid. I see you every Sunday morning. So I think that maybe something your brain just couldn't quite process. So Works for me. Chalk it up to innocence. Works for me. I, I just have one question. Um... <clears throat> Why did you all transfer here from New York? Officer Bigelow's great question. Great question, Officer Bigelow's. New York is a tough town. A lot of weird stuff goes on. Uh, I saw a guy in a ski mask beat up a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. I saw a woman jump really tall up in the sky. I even saw some teenager swinging from one building to another. That's not safe. No. That's not safe. I saw a dirty man chasing rats. And then an annoying man in a bowler cap came up next to him and started explaining him all these things about destiny. Then I was just like, nope. That sounds like the worst. It, it was. It was. And Wachowski, we know why you came from New York. Well, uh, you know, I, I that uh, firearms job. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad firearms job. Standard New York procedure: bad firearms job. Spider Man, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, yeah. and uh, Angel, Lee. and Whistler. Yeah. So we kind of just thought we would get... Uh, Leave New York to the weirdies. Exactly. Yeah. Here in Sunnydale, we like to celebrate the normal. Every day is a normal day. That's like what we say. Mm-hmm. Guys, I just want to say thank you. It's been a great season. We've kept things under wraps. And, uh, well, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think... Where are the, the donuts? Were those from 7-Eleven? Those are, those are some good, good donuts. These donuts? Yeah, yeah, California donuts. Let me quickly check. Donuts. Let me check the box here. It says a uh, special gift from uh, the mayor. And that's our bell. Whoa, what a tease. I wonder if that's a reference to an upcoming season of Buffy. Mm, nice. Nice tease. But the mayor brought us down. Yeah, nice that was call nice out the that generic cop voice is a New York cop. <laughs> I was just like, I don't understand why this is weird. What are you talking about? I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> I take forth to Maine and then uh, I catch a Broadway show and I go back to my home of Philly. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining yes. us. You are so welcome. Have me back. We Please, will. Yeah. We will. Uh, Sarah, where can they find you? Uh, where the wind calls. You can find me at Sarah the Rebel. Sarah has an H. Uh, I've mentioned why before. Because um, of how Bible and the God intended God. it. Yes. yes. Guys, you learn so quickly. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, on Twitch, <laughs> on Pinterest, anywhere you want to go. And you can catch Woman Up Podcast every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash Sarah the Rebel. Woo! Uh, how about you, Chris? Hello, I'm Chris Promonti. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Amantiak, and you can find me with a musical improv group called Robot Teammate uh, in the Los Angeles area, or if you look us up on Periscope, we usually do a show on there. Uh, sometimes we play on the Geek and Sundry Twitch stream. I know we're going to be part of Anabots. Um, I think that's what we're all... The Beatles, that. yeah. Yeah. Be there okay, great. Yeah. So on uh, December fourth. Yeah, the Rubber Soul's fiftieth, I think. Right? Sixtieth? Whatever it is. Robots doing a couple songs on there. And yeah, if you're around the city, come and find us. How about you, Holland? I'm Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. I write articles, I work for Rocket Jump, I run Rocket Jump Tweet and all of those other social medias. Um, so you can chat with me there. Um, we have a show coming to Hulu. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that would be out the You're going to be tomorrow. on it, right? It's, You're on it. I'm very briefly in it. I'm not really... I got involved with the company after most of it had been shot, so I was there for pickups one day. Uh, but that will be coming out tomorrow when this comes out. Awesome. So Great. Check it out. That show. 
I'm Omar. You can. Uh, sorry, I totally stepped on your toes. No, no, no. It was, it was a, like a baton was being handed off. And here we go. Back to the hailstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Omar. You can also find me at youtube.com slash geeks or on Twitter at number two broke geeks or on my personal Twitter at Omar Nasham. You can also find anything and everything Sunny Dale Study Group related at SSG Podcast on Twitter. Again, it's at SSG Podcast. <laughs> You, uh, uh, you can also check out facebook.com slash so study group. <laughs> We're also on Instagram. Uh, I saw an Onion article recently that was a, oh, a podcast host continues to say that next week's audio will be better. Our audio will never get better. This no. is it. If you're yeah. unsatisfied with donut crinkling sounds, it's just... We don't lie. Woman up either. Yeah. Like, no, you're never, never going to get a better I it. like some of the podcasts I listen to. I remember, not to hate on other podcasts, but... Wow. But, they, no, but, but they're the worst. There was an episode of the Nerdist writing, Writers Panel where they interviewed Chris Carter, and the audio sounded like it was like him through a freaking like vacuum cleaner. Like it was horrible sounding audio, and it's like this really professional like I like listening to like the Nerd Writer Panel podcast. Mm-hmm. And, well, like, you know vacuum, really he's part them. vacuum cleaner. That's what <laughs> it was. Chris yeah. Carter's part vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. That's like his angelic. Did your tell you that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, really quickly before we close out for the season, mm-hmm. we just want to say a few things. One, thank you guys so much yes. for supporting the podcast. It, this is. So fun to do. It's so great to talk to Buffy. It's so great to talk to other people of a Buffy and be part of the community. The other Buffy podcasts that are going on, amazing mm-hmm. people on Instagram. Uh, yeah, just awesome. Yeah, can I? Uh, by the people who recurrently are the Buffy Instagram community, I want to do a quick uh, thank you to Buffy Everything, BTS, BTVS uh, Memories, BTVS Quotes, The Slayer Feed, Muppet Angel, Slay the Vamps. You guys know who you are. Sunnydale, sis, queen of Sunnydale, queen of the Slayers. You guys are the best. Keep doing what you're doing. Every day I get to be reminded. I mean, they're mostly focusing on later season stuff. Spuffy Latino, of course, has a focus as to what she likes to talk about. But And then in terms of, you know, J.P. Rakath, yeah. Joe. Champ, everybody. Champ. Yeah, those guys are incredible. JP makes- Awesome. Green Knight awesome trombonist. Yeah. Uh, well, Ilya was a guest mm-hmm. <laughs> on the podcast. Ilya. Uh, we also want to say a huge, huge thank you to all of our guests this season. Um, but especially. But, espe- but mostly only Sarah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it has been a great season. If you have any ideas or any people that you would like us to reach out to um, and bother about being in season three, please let us know. If you know, know a way to get in contact with Robia Lamorte, please let me know. Yeah. I just want to talk to her. I want her to be on the podcast. She's really cool. I just... Yeah. I don't like. We gotta I, get her for amends. I just like don't know how I how we would find her. So like, if anyone has any idea, yeah, like Facebook I stalking, I believe. I don't, I don't yeah. want to like stalk her. Like a dark car outside. Oh, so of you don't have enough but people, options. No, no, no. But like people, people, like okay, so Tom Lank, like Omar works with him. Juliet Landau, she follows us all on Twitter. Like I can see little ways of like. <laughs> can I pick up those to... names that you dropped? Excuse me. Uh, we are gonna take a break during December. We might have a few special episodes pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will be back in the new year with season three. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's when we'll be starting off season three. And it's going to be exciting. We've got some really cool guests already lined up. It's going to be a huge blast. And it's one of I Season three might be my favorite. I don't know. I have to think about that. But season three's got it's mine. great episodes. It's definitely mine. So have some faith that we'll be back with a vengeance. Because, oh, oh, what did I do there? Double reference. <laughs> Um, oh my oh, god, we gotta go to season three! Yeah. Oh. I want to close out season two with the biggest shout out we can give to uh, our good friend Jimmy Scavoni for making the music for the podcast. We yes. don't mention nearly enough. I just want to say a huge thank you. Thank you, The music is boss. And at this point, we've probably looped the end track five times. Right. Uh, we hope you guys have had a wonderful 2015. If we don't uh, shoot any really quick uh, podcast episodes in December, we will see you mm, in 2016. Yeah. And I'll be, yeah, and I'll do... This, the Instagram will be active. I'm just starting to get a We'll be around. Of, we'll be around. Yeah. And there's our third bell telling us to wrap everything up. Thank you again so much for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening today, for participating. You are all wonderful, amazing people. This has been such a pleasure. And it looks like we've got a gentleman here waving us uh, out. Uh, hey, guys. Um, hey, it's George. Hey, George. George is all right. George, the janitor here. And who's that behind you? Uh, Herbert? That's, uh, it's Herbert the Razorback. Oh, Herbert. Is, is, is that, is that Miss, Edith? Miss Edith is writing on Herbert. Oh, oh, you know what? You guys take the library. Clearly this is a special group of Buffy characters. It's good to see you all guys intact and alive and well. So have a great year. You three, have a great oh, year, everybody. Oh. Pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you for season three.
because I mean, you can only listen to my voice so much. I, I can listen to voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> I'm glad that you said that in unison. We did kind of we, say we practiced it earlier yeah. this morning. We're yeah. like, we mind melded. Yeah. <laughs> we're like one, two, three. I can listen I like to the voice. voice. 